You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to our show today. This is Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and I have with me today Karen Scott Ozeri. She's a spiritual coach and on the line a little bit later, well, she's actually on the line now, Courtney Palm. Say hi. Hi there. She wrote a book called Kissing Frogs, and she's going to be talking about basically her inspiration for the book and kind of her fun stories about it. So let's get into what Karen is going to be talking about today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm Thank so happy you to be doing here. Thank you for the show. Of course. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so can you tell us how did you get into coaching? Because her story is really beautiful. It sounds from what I've heard that it was, you didn't, you weren't born. You didn't like pop out and you were like, I'm going to be a coach. <laughs> Definitely no. want to be a coach. So no. tell us, how did that happen? It's a great question. And I love reflecting on that. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. So... I started my career in marketing and advertising many years ago. And the first day that I stepped foot in that, I knew that I had made a mistake. (laughs) And I really had no idea what to do with that awareness, but it was, you know, it was definitely present from that very first day of starting. So I continued down the path that I was that I was on for many, many years and had quite a few moments of questioning what that path was all about. And, you know, through, through that process, really a lot of things came up around overwork and my relationship with money. And there was, there was just a lot of stuff happening during that time. And actually because of some of those key themes, I eventually made a switch. So I worked on the ad agency side in digital media and then switched over to sales after a number of years. And it was, sales eventually actually took me to New York. And it was interesting, if I fast forward for just a moment into you know when I was becoming a coach and exploring that, the there were themes that had been present throughout my whole career that and I just didn't know that coaching was a thing yet but there were these themes that kept popping up so for example um I had once at one point managed a relatively a relatively large team and I was really clear that I didn't want to keep managing when I moved into sales and I was continuously asked can you manage a team you know can you step up and I kept saying no thanks, I would rather be an individual contributor, but if you want me to mentor someone, I would be happy to do that. And another theme that popped up over the course of my career was people always came to me for support in their careers. And I was constantly receiving feedback around this idea of, you know, I love that you don't give me the answers, that you just support me in finding my own. Again, I still had no idea coaching existed. And the other key theme that came up for me over the course of my career was that, I just lost my train of thought, but another key theme that came up was 
Hold on, it'll come back to me. I apologize. Take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like, it was right there. Um, oh, I know what it was. So I looked up, I looked up every year when I was upset or having a hard time in my career or working really late and I was, you know, hating it, which I don't really like to use that word. I would look up master's programs in psychology and this happened for over 10 years. So I never actually pulled the trigger on that until I came across many years later, a program about spiritual psychology. And it was from that point that I really understood what the call was. And so in many ways, coaching found me. So I eventually left my career. I had, I had no plan. I had no idea what I was going to do next. I just knew I didn't want to do what I had been doing. And it was the first time that I really surrendered into a greater plan. And one day I was on the phone with my coach and I had been exploring all of these other things out in the world, things that had actually helped me heal from a pretty significant injury. And <laughs> I was telling, those things were kind of falling away slowly. And what I told her at one point was, all these people from my old career keep calling me and asking me about like what happened, why did I leave? Because I had been in a, in a successful position. I was very financially successful. People were very surprised that I had left, which I found shocking, but that's a whole separate topic. And so I said to her, you know, it's, it's so clear to me that you know, when I speak to them that they don't actually, they don't care what my story is. They just want to know how to do it themselves. And she said to me very point blank, she just said, Karen, those are your clients. And it was a, it was a really big light bulb moment. And I started in the spiritual psychology program shortly thereafter and had my first client, I want to say, two weeks after that epiphany. And it just started from there. So that was just the process of of just getting into that industry overall. I love it. I love that you just were following your heart. You were listening to your heart. You know, so many people walk around this world and they get these messages, these downloads, mm -hmm. and they don't really do anything with it. And so this is a perfect example of somebody who took the call and you're doing something with it. And not just something, but you're changing people's lives you're in service to helping people heal. Yeah, well, and the beauty of it is, you know, in service to this topic of relationships and creating those is that I met my now husband in the process of all of that. And it was really interesting because I'm someone who believes very firmly in signs now. Signs was not, seeing signs was not anything that was in my awareness prior to this transition and when I was living in New York City it was interesting <laughs> dating in New York City which I know Courtney's going to address which I'm so curious to hear and about I did it also <laughs> yeah so I, I can't wait it's for a that out there. yeah but it was interesting you know I had always had similarly to what you were saying like this call in my heart to live somewhere in the outdoors I now live in Arizona and but I lived in Chicago in the city I lived in New York in the city and it was this really interesting experience of always wanting to be outside but 
not really being able to do that. And the other thing that I really felt called to do in my life was just to see the world and not be not be trapped in some way that didn't allow me to go and do that. And it was really interesting because leading up to the time when I left my career in later New York City, I dated three people in a row, three people, and all of these men who are wonderful that we just, it turns out we wanted really different things. All of them wanted to stay where they were. They wanted to live in the suburbs and and start a family, which just wasn't aligned with what I wanted. And it was this really interesting experience of like really wanting a relationship, but like my intuition going off inside saying, no, 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 like, no, stop. And so I'm actually really grateful because eventually those did expire and complete, whatever word you want to, they ended. And it was kind of the universe's way of showing me, like, this is not what you want. It's time. Like, it's time to go. It was three people in a row, and I remember feeling really frustrated. Mm -hmm. So um, as I went off and started to explore explore what else was possible for me and where I wanted to live. I interestingly thought I was going to move out to California and met my husband in the process and he lived in Arizona and so I ended up moving there two months later. But it was just this really, in hindsight, it was this really beautiful process of with every step and like leaning into what the intuition was telling me and what my heart was telling me about what to do and what to follow. Everything that I wanted was on the other side of making the decisions to step away from that which no longer served me. So yeah, and it's so easy to kind of go with what the norm is, what the expectations are of the people in your life. And the hard thing to do is to follow your own intuition and to really just hone in on what is going to be the best thing for you. And when you do that, that's when you are in the flow. That's when you create and that's when you manifest. So can you tell us specifically what, what do you think it was spiritually, soulfully, emotionally, mentally that kind of really truly brought you to your husband oh man there are so that i could talk about that for a few hours and i know that we've (laughs) talked about kind of going with your heart over your head and i know a lot of our viewers write in and they say you know it's so it's such a fine line it's so hard to go with my go with my heart because i want to go with my head because my head is saying what i feel is the right thing to do and or the head what i call the ego And what I always say is put the ego aside. The ego is there to try to protect you. And so when you can go with your heart, that's actually your authentic self. So can you tell our viewers what you did, what your journey was when you followed your heart and not your head? Yeah. So, you know, one of the first things I think, which one of the first things which was a pivotal shift for me was really aligning my behavior with what I said I wanted. So I spent a lot of time, especially when I was in New York, 
um, making decisions that were not at all aligned with what I wanted in a relationship. And that was, we can read in between the lines on what some of that was, but it was, that was step one, right? It was saying like, I wanted to be in a committed, loving relationship where I was treated really well and we supported one another, right? So my actions had to actually line up with that versus how I had been behaving up until that point. Which also is very normal. For know, sure, when you're for in your sure. you're 20s, you know, you were acting like a normal 20-year-old. You were having a human experience. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it was, for me, it was, it was that, yes, and it was also my behavior was making me uncomfortable. So I think it was important to honor, again, that's intuition. It was, it felt out of alignment, but you know, if I drank enough, sometimes I'd forgot what alignment was for me. And you'd rationalize, right? Totally. Oh no, this makes sense. I can totally. Do it. Or at least just this time, I can do it, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, or I'd rationalize like, oh, that, that guy wants everything that I don't want, like, it's fine, and then, <laughs> You know, so rationalizing is the death we'll of still move alignment. Still, move forward and see what happens. <laughs> You're not right. about maybe this time. Right. So I think that so there's two more things. One of them being, as I was moving into creating the relationship with my husband, like paying attention to the signs were really important. There was, you know, this might sound. I don't. I don't know how this will sound, but it was. It doesn't matter. You're speaking authentically. True. So when. There was a weekend where I was still planning to move to California and I had just been out to look at apartments in California and I couldn't find anything, which was, it felt strange. I was surprised by that. So I went back to Arizona and I was gonna come back out to California a month after that to look again. And something inside of me said, don't do it, don't do it. So I said, okay, I'm gonna go to Scottsdale where my I, he's my now husband. What do I call him then? He was, I guess he was my boyfriend at the time, um, where he was living. And my, I was living in Tucson at the time where my parents are located. So I leave to go to Scottsdale that weekend and the exit ramp for the expressway that goes, that goes between Tucson and California and San Diego specifically was closed. Okay. For construction it opened the day that I moved to Scottsdale so there were just like it was important to pay attention to those things yes. you know it, it's someone could argue rationally what that might have been all about but it was it was so cool like when I was driving with the you know behind the moving truck on the way to Scottsdale I saw that the ramp had just opened I was I just remember nodding in my car thinking okay but paying attention to those signs not only the ones inside of us but the ones that are outside of us yes. reflecting the direction to go in are really important and then saying okay thank you Yes, yes, great. Having gratitude for that. Great point, for that yeah. message. To invite more of it. Um, and then I think the other thing that was so key for me, so my husband, whom I love more than anyone, is nothing like what I thought I would end up with in terms of the type of person. And he is the most beautiful person that I've ever met. And when I first met him, like my heart knew immediately, but my head could not wrap my head around it. And 
it was it was really important for me. I was working with a coach at the time. I always have a coach because it's a part of my, you know, how I've built my business and ev my evolution personally and professionally. And it was really it was powerful to be having that experience and be open with her and have her receive that support to just look into this and I and like let go of all of these beliefs that I had about what it should look like because the feeling that I wanted to have in a relationship was like it was him everything that I wanted to feel inside of me he was giving me it was just that the package it came in was very surprising and this is stuff that you know he's he knows all about so well I always say to my clients that it's important to let go of what you want because the universe knows what you need yeah and when you can do that that's when things really start to happen yeah and that it sounds like that's what you were doing totally yeah, it was a you wild experience. It was it was so much fun. And it was funny, like this, you know, this might sound totally random, but I grew up in an all in a in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood and I was not Jewish. And I always really like wondered, like struggled with that because I felt kind of like an outsider in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And when I met him, I became really aware he's Israeli. So when I met him, I, I was really grateful for that experience because it had prepared me for, it, it doesn't prepare me for what life in Israel is like, right? But it, it allowed me to relate to him in a way that would have been more challenging had that not occurred. So it was funny to just reflect on, wow, like if this, if he was really, if he's my soulmate and this was meant to be all along, that that part of my experience very much served in supporting our relationship and the time we met, you know, well over 30 years later. Yeah, I believe that everything could not happen any other way. So it obviously was the universe's way of preparing you and for bringing you together. And it yeah. probably, you know, they say when you meet your soulmate, it feels, you feel at home. And so, because you did have that extra little like, <laughs> education about Judaism, you, it probably made you feel more at home maybe than you would have if you didn't have that. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's a, that's a, that actually reminds me of something else I wanted to share because the minute that I, the minute that I saw him, I knew that that minute, and it, it was like I recognized something in his eyes, and it was really powerful. I'll never be able to fully explain what that was like. But this idea that something that I think is really important is throughout my whole adult life as I was dating, I remember really consciously thinking, like, there is a great love for me that's out there, and... You know, even when I was really sad and really depressed about what was going on in my life, personally and professionally, it was, I always had that in the back of my mind. Like there was some level of trust that that was out there for me. And I think that that is really important because when we give up on that, it's, when we give up on that, I mean, I don't even know what would happen. happen. Yeah. Or you don't end up with the right person. Right. And I always, always tell my clients that you need to, exactly what you're saying, you need to believe. You need to believe that your person is out there. Totally. Because if you don't, 
then it's it's literally just not going to happen. Or like I said, you will end up with somebody who is not the right person. Right. But right. if you but you just have to even if it's like a glimmer, a glim- especially when my clients are just in you know really really deep and just really really sad and low in their depression, and I say you know just if you could just have a glimmer, a glimmer. It's not even just hope, but it is belief. It's that belief. It's different than hope, yeah. It's being able to visualize and to see, like, no face. <laughs> you know, you don't see the face at the altar, but just to be open to whomever that person's going to be and just to know it's going to happen, to have a knowing. Yeah, when we're too attached, we, when we're attached to exactly what it looks like, it it's, does not happen. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, now as a coach, like, I think one in hindsight, one of the things that was really important in my own process that I see show up with a lot of my clients whom are all very typically traditionally successful career-driven women is, how do I want to say this? Part of my journey was all about creating the life that I wanted to create, which then created space for this other beautiful thing to come through. And... I, there's there's definitely not a rule of you know how things will go for everyone, but I've seen it occur for my clients that when they start focusing on what they really want elsewhere in their life, mm-hmm. that relationships just show up. Yes. And it's in that because it's in that energy of creating what you want and manifestation and you know when you're in that space, and it's funny because a lot of them. It's not that they they want the relationship, but it's like they take some of the emphasis off of it and they start putting their energy elsewhere. And interestingly, I have kind of two groups of clients. One group of clients, they they end up changing their careers as a function of our work together over time. The other group comes to me about career stuff and they really also want a relationship that comes up often. And it's funny, once they address some of the other, once they address some stuff and face some stuff that's going on in their career and they create the relationship, they actually don't end up leaving their careers. They, it's like they've, they've created this life that's really aligned for them. So it's just, it's really cool to see that sometimes, you know, it just, it just all works out. So it always all works out when we are open. Yeah. When we have the intention to be open and, and we have clear intention of what we want to manifest. Yeah. And also something that you just glanced upon was just um, having your own life outside of your dating life. You know, because totally. when we are in our peace and we're, we're, we feel whole, we have joy in our lives, everything gets better. I have a, a client and she's focused just on this one guy, which I help her to be more open. Um, but one of the things that we are really working on is I say, what do you enjoy to do? Like, what do you enjoy doing? And she said she likes to sing. So I said, get a group of your friends, go karaoke-ing. Um, She said she likes to do art. And she's kind of, the first time I brought this up, she said she was kind of confused. Like, why are you, what, what does one thing have to do with the other? Mm-hmm. And I said, I promise you that when you are in your joy and you have brought that aliveness back to your life, it's going to work out whether it's with this man or 
whoever, whatever man you're supposed to be with, it's going to work out. But, and it's not being selfish. It's just honoring what makes us happy because when we are whole, totally. we meet somebody else who is whole and then the relationship happens. Yeah, I mean, it's the idea that a relationship complements you as a person. It's not who you are. And, you know, one of the, I, I honestly don't remember who said this to me, or so I, I would attribute it to them if I could remember who it was. Okay. Joe, but, Joe Smith. <laughs> yes, thank Joe you. Smith, thank you. So they said, it was something along the lines of a relationship, like you don't get love from someone. Someone doesn't just like hand you. Robert Holden. Is it Robert Holden? Could be. Have you talked about lovability, lovability on here yet? Love it. Oh my gosh, the best book I've ever read. So Me too. he talks about this idea of you don't you don't you don't get love from someone. Someone allows you to experience the love that you are and the love that's inside of you. Like love is not an exchange. Are you talking about you don't want to give love to get love as your motivation? Because he talks about that also. No, it's, it's more about person. the idea of comp. I totally hear that, but it's about this idea of it's complementary, right? So it's like an addition. Yeah. Yeah. It's they allow this other person allows you to feel more whole and more of who you are and more loving. So it's not actually coming from the other person. It's the reflection. It's you. Right. So when I find it helpful to think about it like that, because if that's the truth, if, if we can feel more loving and other people can, you know, certainly, like raise that up in us, it it's not coming from anyone else. It's and I probably would yes. have been really annoyed hearing that when I was single in my 30s, admittedly, and it's still the truth. So it is the truth. I'll just Absolute I'll truth. leave it at that. But everybody <laughs> needs to get there when they're ready. Yeah, it's and true. And hopefully we can be inspirational to people. So thank you so much. That of was course. amazing. I feel like our listeners are going to be so inspired. Now we are going to shift gears yeah. into talking about court. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, Hi. Hi. So this is a book called Kissing Frogs, and it's by Courtney Palm. She's on the line in Chicago. And Courtney, would you like to just tell us a little bit about the book and your inspiration for writing the book? We'll just start there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, first, I want to say I've been I've been like sitting here nodding and nodding to everything you guys have said. Um, ironically, so much of the words that you used and how you described, you know, where you got in in Karen, you know, meeting your husband, um, that's really inevitably what my book kind of got to. Um, and it it started off, you know, it was really okay. So I was in a serious relationship coming out of college. You know, my first quote unquote real world relationship. Everyone had us, you know, married down the aisle with and we broke up and you know I was 24 living in New York City and thrust myself back into the into the dating world and um, it really started off as just kind of like these ridiculous dates um, that I would go on you know as I'm sure Karen you can relate to having dated in New York City um, and I'd come into work also. every day and, <laughs> Not fun. and you know I have this little group we'd all eat together and they'd always want to hear about my dates and this one guy, he was you know, a friend of mine at work, and he would say, God, Courtney, you should really write a book. This is just ridiculous. And, you know, we'd laugh it off. And then, you know, eventually it, at first I think these, you know, these dates were just kind of like fillers for me. And I was getting an, into the, the online space with something new then. So I was starting an online date. I was getting set up. 
you know, it was this whole thing. I always had a boyfriend and all of a sudden I found myself in this very single place. And a lot of my girlfriends at the time, we had all met our, our boyfriends at the same time. And then they all stayed together and I was kind of single and doing my own thing. And, um, you know, a lot of the dates were just kind of, I think I was just going through the motions and then eventually, you know, it started to kick in like, okay, what, what do you really want with your life? And, and what do you want out of a relationship? And so the book, you know, it really came to be because I, I would listen to this guy at work tell me I should write. And so I'd go home and I'd just kind of like write down these little blurbs. Maybe they were like, you know, a paragraph or so, um, just more for cathartic reasons. But as it, as time went on and I was really kind of then going through like the grueling process of dating and then getting my heart broken again or me breaking someone's heart or going through all of this, you know, dating and dating and dating, I started to really build out these stories. And I thought, you know what, this is actually something that I enjoy. Um, and if nothing else, maybe I can just share it with, you know, other single girlfriends. That way they don't feel so alone. You know, we all just like an era of like sex in the city. Everyone's watching sex in the city and it was all, you know, fun and games, but like, this is actually real life sex in the city. It was like, you know, not, you know, big picking me up in a, in a limo and, you know, me and my Jimmy shoes. It was really, you know, the ins and outs of, of dating and, and going on weird dates and funny dates and, actually liking people and then breaking up with you and me breaking up with people, et cetera. Um, so I just kind of went with it, but really what it ended up being was a 12 year journey, um, where it evolved into, you know, me bringing life lessons into it, me watching myself evolve, you know, Karen, so much of what you talked about, you know, just really, what do I want and what's right for me? And then varied with the pressures of, I hate the word should. I decided I, I never want to use that word again in the English language because so much of, you know, my battle for myself was what I should be doing and who I should be with and listening to all of my girlfriends who were now, you know, in long-term relationships and just wanting me to be happy in my relationship and why couldn't I find that? And, you know, the noise of, of that along with, you know, your family and going home for, you know, holidays and everyone looking at you like, oh, you're still single, you know. Um, and so the judgment that, that happens along the way and, and what that actually forces you to do and end up in, in situations that you should not be in or that you know are not right for you um, or not inevitably what you want and that you find yourself because of the shoulds. Um, and how do you break away from that? So, you know, the journey ended up taking me through meeting my now husband. Um, actually when I was still living in New York city and you know, we dated actually for a year and it was long distance and then we broke up and it was at that point that, um, my whole world kind of just changed. And that's where I finally woke up and said, gosh, I gotta like figure out what I want, what's right for me, not live my life for everybody else. I can't just stay in the city that I actually don't even like anymore. Um, for my family, you know, what do I want? And so it kind of just evolved into this, you know, the book ended up taking me on this journey, um, or I took the book on the journey, and it became my own journey. Um, and I think that was the biggest life lesson out of it was just everyone's journey is their own, and you don't live everybody else's journey, um, and you don't live for everybody else. You really have to dig deep and figure out, you know, what is right for you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it just it became a whole thing, and then, and then tied into the book. You know, I really wanted. To, to write all of my thoughts down and bring out my life lessons so that maybe one day it could help other girls that were going through the same thing that I was in my 20s and 30s. 
um, because I felt there was a piece of me that felt alone in it um, a lot because a lot of my friends were with the same person since we were 22 and I broke up with that person um, and, you know, just didn't want anyone else to feel like, gosh, you know, you're alone in this. You're actually not, you know, you're, you're so many of us are on this, on this love quest and, you know, it's finding the right thing for you. So that's kind of what it evolved into. And I never knew if it was actually going to ever end. I never knew if I was going to be able to like finish the book and actually publish it. Um, but you know, inevitably I did and, uh, married, you know, my now husband and, um, the next chapter has started. So yeah, that's pretty much kind of how it all came to be. I love that you just said like the never ending part, because I remember feeling like the same thing. Like how mm-hmm. long is this going to go on for? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can be patient, I think, you know, right. but how long? Definitely. I mean, you guys said it too earlier. It's like, you know, you lose, you don't, I guess my dad actually said something to my sister when she was going through a lot of dating years and years ago and um, he said, you know, and he had been through a divorce. He married her mom actually first and got divorced and then married my mom. And, you know, he had gone through a divorce and he said to my sister, don't ever become hard. Don't ever completely shut yourself off. And so, you know, she passed that on to me. and, And there is, there's that, you know, those feelings of like depression and sadness and feeling like this is never going to happen for me. But yet there was this little voice inside of me that said, nope. No, I'm. If I want this, and I want to find my true love and my my person and my home and and the person that's right for me, it's out there. So even in those moments of just like I'm throwing in the towel and I'm like not going to date ever again, um, it was just still that that piece that you just have to hold on to. The moment you throw that out, it's all over. Um, and so you just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back out there when you're ready. And I love this message because anybody that's going to be watching this episode or any of the episodes, one of the greatest, most inspirational messages is really don't give up you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And, and just stick with it, honor yourself, honor what you need, and also just have fun with it because, you know, eventually yeah. you are going to be married and mm-hmm. as much as dating can be very daunting, just you know be in the moment have fun and then when you are in the moment and you're having fun that's when the guy usually shows up i totally agree i mean i you know and anyone who reads my book it's like you know there comes that point where i you know the moment i sort of shifted and shifted my energy and i think karen you talked about this too it's sort of like just letting go a little bit and living in the moment and just you know when i started to just kind of have fun with it and just and be really authentic that was another word you guys used earlier too it's like be your authentic self and be honest and just go after it that's all of a sudden when all of it manifested for me but I had to get there and I think you know we can sit here and say this all now and and, you know a lot of times when I would hear my friends who ended up with you know great stories and they'd say all these things to me and I'd sit there and nod and go home and be like whatever you know, what do they know? And, and so I'm sure there's there's that, you know, capacity of listener right now who might say, oh, well, it's easy for them to say because they're all married and everything worked out for them. Mm-hmm. But I can say, you know, wholeheartedly, I felt those feelings too. And then, you know, eventually found my own way in that and, and became very authentic with who I am, what I wanted, how I felt, and just stopped apologizing for it um, and stopped living to please everybody else. And that is the moment when things kind of came back together and and worked themselves out. Well, and I think there's such an important point in there, Courtney, which is like to honor how you feel during the process, right? Because there are times that 
like you were saying when you were sad and I, and I relate to that mm-hmm. I remember crying alone in my apartment in New York City like really mm-hmm. and it's to honor that because when we hold that in like we carry that energy around with us and when we can just mm-hmm. let it out it's so much easier like what Jamie was saying to move forward and to keep going but when we bottle mm-hmm. up everything that we're feeling inside it feel then like the burden feels that much more. So. And it's just impossible oh, to manifest when you're walking around yeah. with all of that negative energy, that fear energy, as opposed to mm-hmm. trusting energy and openness. So it's yeah. just yeah. It's not conducive. And, to and then the same token, I mean, I took, you know, in, in my book, I, I kind of allude to this, the, the point in time when I made the decision to move from New York to Chicago, um, I took a year off of dating and my very good friend in New York, um, he, used to, he, he called it my nun years. He was like, well, you turned to a nun. And I'm like, I just, I literally need to just focus on myself. And I think that's yeah. another message too, is that, you know, I put myself out there so much and I was dating and dating and it got exhausting. And, and there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and, and you know, just paying attention to yourself for a little bit. Um, and then regrouping as long as you don't totally give up. So, you know, I think it's, it's just, it's living your truth in the moment in which you're in that moment. Um, and figuring out, you know, that's when the answers kind of come to you. Like, where am I supposed to be? You know, what are the signs? Um, you know, Karen, you talk so much about signs and I, you know, I live a lot through that too. Um, and there were so many signs in, when I, that last year I lived in New York that were, that were pulling me to Chicago. Um, and I kept fighting it. A lot of it was because my actual now husband um, lived in Chicago and we had a long distance with New York, Chicago. So the idea of me moving there after we'd broken up was just, completely daunting and seemed ridiculous and I'm sure people made up their own stories of when I finally moved you know that it was for him and it was all these things and if you read the book it actually is very much not but I had to find that truth and be really um, you know really find in my heart what was right for me and not care what other people thought and in order to do that sometimes I did have to take a step back from the dating world and, and the noise um, and then find the right time when I, when I knew in my heart, okay, it's time to get back out there and, and have fun with it. So it's, it is a lot of, of recognizing the journey that you're on. And just because at that same moment that you might be taking a break from dating, your 10 girlfriends are getting married and you're buying bridesmaids dresses, you know, every other day, um, that it's okay mm-hmm. that you are in your space and finding your journey and that they, they found theirs. We all have our own journey. So mm-hmm. we are kind of running out of time, kind of not. Um, there are a million questions I want to ask you, so you'll need to come back another time. But I think mm-hmm. for um, this purpose, I think what can be most inspirational to our viewers is what would you say is the aspect, characteristic, energetic feeling about your husband that you knew it was him and how mm-hmm. he was different from the others? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the way I always describe him is he feels like home, which was funny when Karen said it, too. I was like, oh, my God, again, if you read my book, it's in there. Um, I just, he and I actually, you know, we met on online, um, and it was a very, you know, he lived in Chicago, I lived in New York. Everything about the story was wrong. I mean, it just didn't even make sense. <laughs> if you just say it on paper, it was, just, it was ridiculous. But there was this magnetic force of a connection um, in terms of even just an emotional connection from, like, the day we spoke for the very first time and you know our journey was not a straight line we we dated for a year and we broke up and I never a million years thought I would ever end up back with him but the thing about him is that it's like there's a completion of where I help him with some of the things that you know he 
he's different and needs, you know, needs growth. He helps me with my growth as a human. And I think as a result, you know, we're just really good partners. So while we believe in a lot of the same things and our core and our root and our morals are all very similar, who we are as people are, are very different too. And um, I just find, I hate to work, use the word completion because I don't think you want to like go out and find the person that completes you. I think you, you know, you need to be a complete person, but there is, he did something for me and is something for me and continues to be something for me that just, you know, continues to push me to be a better person and be really introspective. And, um, at the same time, like cracks me up, like no, nobody else. Oh. I mean, he can make me laugh like mm-hmm. anybody. So, um, you know, I think it's all those things kind of, kind of complete. And it just, he always just felt like home. I, I never, I never, I always felt comfortable. And from day one, it, it just, it just felt like he was, he, he, his soul and my soul were connected. I love it. Maybe he, maybe he completed your kind of your journey to evolving. It's like he completed that mm-hmm. phase of your life to get you to this next phase of evolvement. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and that's the last, you know, one thing I do want to say to everyone is like, one thing I, I stress in my book is that it isn't this just like destination and then, oh, you get married and your whole life is perfect and it's wrapped up in a pretty little box and, you know, now <laughs> you can be happy every single day and if you're not, there's something wrong. Um, no. Because I think that's, you know, that's it's kidding imperfect. yourself. You know, exactly. life is messy and there's things and you go through ups and downs and I think the beauty of marriage is that you found the right person to do that with because you always come back to each other and that you you are there together as a, as a unit. Um, mom, and that's how you know you're with the right person. My yeah. mom always said you need to be over the moon for the guy because mm-hmm. there are a lot of moons to go over. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Raheline Brown. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> so let's, let's wrap it up. Um, I would love you guys to tell our viewers how they can find you. If they have questions or yeah. whatever it is. So my website is, I've actually had the beautiful grace of not needing a website for many years. So it is actually being built as we speak. So you can um, go to www.karenozeri, it's K-A-R-E-N-O-Z-E-R-I.com and sign up for updates for when that will be launched. It will be in February. And you can also find me on social media on Instagram at Karen K. Scott. That is my maiden name. And uh, where am I? Oh, I'm on Facebook, too. Also under Karen Scott Ozeri. It's very confusing. So if someone wanted to schedule an appointment with you, they could email you? They can, yeah. On the current landing page that says I'm building the website, there's a place to sign up for newsletter and contacting. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Courtney? Yeah. So, um, well, first my book, um, you can find it on Amazon. Um, it's called kissing frogs by Courtney Palm. So if you just type that in the, in the search, uh, button there, you can find it. Um, and then if anyone has any questions or wants to talk to me about anything, um, my email is Courtney million. That's, um, two L's with an A, um, at hotmail.com. That's my maiden name. And you can find me on Facebook. Um, I think it's Courtney with in parentheses million and then Tom, um, and then I think that's really it. I'm, I'm, I allegedly have an Instagram account, but I really don't go onto it too much. So really social media for me is Facebook and, uh, and my email. Awesome. And if any of the viewers out there have any questions that they want to write in about, if you 
would like to schedule a session with me, you can email me at jamie, J-A-I-M-E, at therelationshipexpert.com. And you can read my blog, do instant chat, etc., on my website, www.therelationshipexpert.com. And my Instagram is therelationshipexpert. It's an X. No <laughs> e. So thank you so much for joining us today. This was an amazing show. Thank you guys for being my co-host, and thank you, Courtney, for being my guest. And of course. I just really appreciate it. I'm grateful. Yes. Well, yeah. I, thank you. Thanks for having us. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome. Thank you. And I just love that you both have created these things in the world that are because you want them to exist. So this book and this show and, you know, it's it's just it's it's wonderful. So thank you for having me as well, both of us. And Courtney, it was lovely to connect with you. You're welcome. And you yeah, are you doing too. amazing Absolutely. things also. So All stay right. thank tuned, you. Right? Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.